0: Alright, well in honor of uh, Father's Day well, Here's one thing about dad jokes I'm going to tell some But now that I am a dad Every joke I tell is a dad joke for some reason You know, when I was in college and I would crack a joke before I had kids I thought it was funny Everybody thought it was funny and it wasn't a dad joke All of a sudden you have kids and every joke is a dad joke Of course dads do like to pick on the kids And the kids think that dads are, are weird Because they'll tell jokes like this um, ladies if you can't appreciate your fruit your fruit puns you need to let that mango (laughs) you get it? yeah Uh, did you hear about the cheese factory that got blown up? debris was everywhere (laughs) you like that one? alright here's another one Um, (laughs) I just invented a car that runs on herbs I think I invented time travel get it okay a couple more couple more did you hear about the yacht builder that had to work from home his sails went through the roof uh, what Snoop Dogg here's a Snoop Dogg one why does Snoop Dogg carry an umbrella For drizzle get it some of you guys y'all are gonna use that later right And I don't know what it is about Father's Day. Like, everybody likes to make fun of dads. Moms, we, you know, we revere moms, and we should. They're very important. They hold families together. Moms are awesome. Uh, In the top 20 U.S. holidays, I was looking it up, uh, Mother's Day comes in number three. Did you know that? Number three. It's Christmas, it's Thanksgiving, it's Mother's Day, and it's Easter. I, I mean, everybody wants to go with mom on easter to church to let them know you know hey mom i still believe in god i'm going to church with you on mother's day um so that's uh something that happens but where's father's day father's day doesn't even crack the top 20 do you know that in fact today this is funny today if you call a restaurant and you try to get in the restaurant's gonna be like yeah come on no problem (laughs) on mother's day if you don't make a reservation two weeks ahead of time there is no restaurant availability you just can't get in I mean, we all love moms, but what is, what is, let's just, why do we have Father's Day? Maybe we could, and then I bet some of you dads like me, you're going to go home and you're going to put on the apron that they gave you, the barbecue apron, and you're going to make your own lunch, right? (laughs) On the grill, you're going to get there, you're going to make your own lunch. Uh, Hey, dad, what do you want for Father's Day? Oh, I want some steaks. Oh, cool, we'll go to the store, we'll buy you some steaks, you can cook us steaks for (laughs) Father's Day. That's the way it works, but um, now we we have a good time with father's day i never feel underappreciated i was able to tell my dad this morning happy father's day and um, i'm glad that he is still around that i can do that and i hope you do too and uh tell your dad some father's day jokes really the snoop Dogg one man come on he carries an umbrella around faux drizzle we're we're in the summer of the sermon the sermon on the mount jesus and his uh, time speaking and giving some very uh, great teaching for us and we're on the third week of it it's going to be all through the summer Uh, and it started out by asking the question what in the world are we doing I don't know if you're like me sometimes you need to you have a question to to wonder you, you question things in life like what's going on what are we doing what's the meaning of life what's the meaning of coming to church why are we Christians And in some of those conversations that I was having with God He just said, let's go back to the basics Let's go back and look at some uh, elementary basic things And let's build on that and see just exactly why we do what we do And so that's how we came into the Sermon on the Mount And uh, God has brought us to this series To the sermon that Jesus preached To help answer some of these very basic questions So far we've learned that church is more than church Church is more than church It's a gathering with a purpose It's to become more like Jesus That's why we gather um, We gather so that we can Learn about things And learn about God And be filled with the Spirit And we become more like Him it, it enables This gathering enables us To be more like Him So we can love others So they can experience The love that we have But it all starts with us Coming together It's a gathering with a purpose That's what the ecclesia is It's a gathering with a purpose. When Jesus says um I'm going to build my church, he's he's talking about the ecclesia, the gathering of people with a common purpose. Um so last week we talked about salt and light. You remember that? To be the the tasty brightness that we are salt to give flavor to the earth and and to preserve the earth and all those things and then we also are to bring the light of God everywhere we go. Um I went to a little college called uh, Southern Nazarene University in Bethany, Oklahoma Uh, Graduated there some years ago now uh, 97 actually, can you believe 97, wow Uh, I I don't, see the dad jokes, they just keep coming Uh, I don't feel like I graduated, I feel like it It just happened the other day But I went to in 97 And if you know me or you've been here for any time or watched for very long You know that I'm a competitive person on the Strengths Finder Index, my number one is competition. So I, I like competition. I want to be involved in competition. I went, we're doing an ice cream competition. You know that came from somewhere, um, next week. But uh, when I came out of high school, I did football and baseball and, and basketball in high school, and I just I love the competition. But we went to SNU. They didn't have a football team um, at the time, and the. Uh, basketball team, I discovered right away, I I'm a stocky guy, so I could box people out in high school, I was great, no problem, get to college, and they're all a foot taller than me, like, well, what am I supposed to do about this, like, it was horrible, so um, I, I didn't play basketball, but I was looking for something competitive to do, long story, let me get to it, I, I did track, so started on the track team, and um, now I was, I, I was fast in high school, but I wasn't fast enough to be a sprinter, so um, I did field events, shot put, uh, hammer The hammer throw You know the hammer throw is The 16 pound ball On the end of a uh, Of a rope It used to be a chain But uh, So I did that uh, One time I even took third In our conference On the hammer throw Pretty cool I didn't really do any Track or field events In high school And um, But one day we went to a, a track meet And I was getting ready To throw shot put And uh, The uh, They were calling out Over here The javelin throw And I had never done javelin The You know the javelins Like the long spear Awesome event So <laughs> Uh, every boy's dream right we're gonna throw this spear and uh they they were calling out and our guy was not there and we'd already registered for the event but he wasn't there so i i, I could hear him calling out and i was like oh what's going on here and i i finished my shot put throws and then i went over and told the coach hey coach our shot, our uh, javelin guy is not here can i do it let me do it we've already registered it won't cost anything i just well do you know how no but i, I could figure it out i mean how hard is it it's throwing a spear like, i've been throwing things my whole life so he was like, well, I guess, since we've already, you know, registered for the event. And I went over and I grabbed the javelin and I'm watching them throw, the other guys. and watching how they do it and it's very interesting. First of all, you don't just grab a javelin and throw it. It's not, a, it's not just like a, any other thing or maybe it is like a spear. I don't know how they used to throw spears, but it was an interesting thing. I watched, I picked up some pointers and I grabbed that javelin and I went and I threw it and I, th- I matched our um, our thrower's longest throw, and I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome! Look, no practice, just get up there and throw that thing." So um, it was—it was a lot of fun to do, and he let me continue to do that for a while. Uh, so I, I really like the field events of f- track. It's—it's it's one of my uh, things that I like to do. I like to watch them. I think they're interesting, and um, the pole vault and the high jump are two that I never really got into now my my oldest daughter she's going to be in ninth grade she loves pole vault so she's been working on pole vault she did pole vault in eighth grade we didn't have it i don't even think in high school but um pole vault was one of the things that uh, i would watch and i would just marvel at i asked the coach one time hey coach let me do the pole vault you know i did the javelin he said Cal, this is not a playground <laughs> <laughs> okay i guess i won't do the pole vault <clears throat> so but that you know they're going like 20 feet in the air man it's crazy what they're doing uh but the the high jump anybody ever watched the high jump or paid attention high jump is a unique sport like it's Uh, event it's an interesting thing because you know they run and they jump and they arch their back over it and the if you you should go sometime and look at the history of how they've progressed to where they are Um, did you know that the world's the world record for the high jump is 2.45 meters 2.45 meters you guys are looking at me like "Eh." yeah 2.4 let me give you some perspective on that eight and a half feet Eight and a half feet. Did you know the height of a volleyball net is eight and a half feet? Uh, the crossbars on a football uh, field goal, eight and a half feet. There's a a man alive and he's still alive who can jump over that. It's only happened one time, and that was back in uh, I think it was in '93. Let me see. I wrote it down here. Uh, back in '93, he jumped 2.45 meters. And did you know that every time you make a jump? They raise the bar a little bit and they raise the bar, and you accomplish that one, they raise it a little bit more. I actually have a video, I'm going to show you guys the video. This is the world record breaking high jump. Atención. He's from Spain, by the way. Javier mayor record right. del 2.45. World Record Burger, 1993 So kids, I need to explain to you that it used to be square The TVs They used to all be kind of square That's why it's like this Yeah, Uh, super exciting Can you imagine? Eight and a half feet it hasn't been done since now I am watching um, there actually is somebody that they think might be able to break it this coming Olympics it starts on I wrote it down again July 23rd I think it's July 23rd of this year the Summer Olympics are going to be going on so maybe tune into that check some of that out if you're like me and you like the competition but man I just I'm amazed and marvel at the ability to do that so the reason I'm telling you all of these things is because it goes into what we're talking about today you know the Pharisees In Jesus time they were the world record holders of law keeping like they were the absolute best they set the bar now you understand that phrase they set the bar like the bar was at a certain level it's because the pharisees set it there it was this high world record holders eight and a half feet nobody could match it or beat it like they were the best at keeping the law so Jesus talks to us a little bit about the law in Matthew chapter five that's what we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 through 20 by the way the notes are in, in the for today's message are in the uh, app the church app so get on the church app look at that there's some uh, Greek words and stuff in there we're going to talk about but let's read this do not think this is Jesus talking that I have come to abolish the law or prophets I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them for truly I tell you until heaven and earth disappear not the kingdom of heaven so jesus is is talking about that and we'll get to in just a moment but uh when he says i have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them uh when he says this right here i have come to fulfill them he he's saying the the greek word and we'll get to it in a little bit means to to make them true but let's start here jesus did not abolish the law I just want to be clear about this Jesus he didn't abolish the law this is something that we as as Christians as uh, followers of Jesus sometimes we have this idea that he came to abolish the law but he did not in fact he says that we should continue to follow the law right in our scripture today don't think I came to abolish it I've come to not abolish but to fulfill it to make it true so he's saying that we should continue to follow the law one of the biggest cop-outs that i hear christians say today is i don't follow the law because i live under grace now we understand grace to be god's undeserved love and favor for us he has favor for us he loves us and that's and that's great and he does that and there's nothing we can do to earn it you can't work hard enough you can't follow the law enough we love grace i lo- i'm enamored by grace but grace does not give you an excuse to not follow the law. People use it as an excuse, though. It's like we're we, we are looking to absolve ourselves from spiritual responsibility. It's like we're trying to absolve ourselves from our own behavior. If someone says something to us, we'll say, you can't judge me. Don't judge me. Have you heard that? You said that. I've said that. <laughs> you can't judge me because... Uh, i'm under grace mind your own business i want you to understand that grace does not give us a get out of hell free card it it just it doesn't do it so does the law matter then why would jesus say this i think somewhere we've come to the faulty conclusion that the law just doesn't matter we've made up in our mind that because we live under grace because jesus died on the cross for our sins that that it it just doesn't matter anymore we get confused though because jesus was executed for breaking the religious law he he didn't follow the the uh, prescribed hand washing procedures he healed the sick on the sabbath he drove them crazy with that he picked grain to eat on the holy day he claimed he was god the same Jesus who was killed for not obeying the law is telling us to obey the law. So I guess we need to ask then, what was the law to Jesus? What did he think the law was? He, verse 18, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, and the word for disappear, the, the Greek word is parethe, to disappear, to cease to exist, gone away. We understand by reading Scripture that it's not going away in fact he's going to establish his new kingdom here so even when jesus comes back and establishes his reign the law remains according to what jesus said here not the smallest letter that's interesting too i I learned something new Uh, the the greek word there is iota anybody ever say not one iota don't you change it one iota that's the greek word for small it's the smallest letter it's 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 the iota not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished when he's referring to the law he's talking about the the ten commandments the first five books and the prophets is what jesus is talking about um there was another meaning though that the, the ones listening to him Would have kind of understood And that was the scribal law Okay and in the scribal law that In the Old Testament there's really not a, a lot of rules per se Not a lot of regulations There's a lot of great principles um, To the rabbis the principle Wasn't enough it, Just like um, it's the reason That contracts have gotten so long Because you can say you know In principle we agree to this But we need to define what every little part of that principle is. It's, and that's why we have attorneys, because they, they help us do all of that. But, and that's what the rabbis were. They would say if it's not explicitly in the law, then it's implicitly in the law. You staying with me? Stay with me for just a minute. Let me teach you this. So the rabbis said that out of the law, what they had as the law, it was possible to deduce what you had to do. If it's not explicitly there, then they could then it was implicitly there and implicitly means they get to decide what exactly it was all right so a great example this will help you understand remember the uh, the old testament law the old testament principle remember the sabbath and keep it holy right we know that something that we all know it's it's a great principle but it's not a detailed commandment so the religious teachers would ask um how do we keep the sabbath holy well obviously by not working that's how we keep the Sabbath holy well so what is work then carrying a burden would be work you see so they they take this remember the Sabbath and keep it holy and it doesn't uh, implicitly or explicitly say it doesn't say this is what it means so they took it and said well implicitly it means don't work and by by not working that means don't carry a burden well now you got to define a burden And what is a burden? Here's what they said a burden was. The rabbinical definition of a burden. Less than a burden is food equal to a dry fig, enough wine to fill a goblet, milk enough for one swallow, honey enough to put on a wound, and enough oil to anoint a small member. So if something doesn't fall into that category, it's illegal on the Sabbath. To remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy Was broken down all the way To a swallow of milk (laughs) You see what they did And so for us That would mean like today An artificial limb Couldn't wear it because it's breaking the law A, a, A brooch or a necklace Breaking the law A wig or false teeth It's breaking the law We can have a very interesting Day of church if we were were trying to keep to the rabbinical law, right? So so you see the bondage that was created. And this is what Jesus wanted to come, and he wanted to free them from this bondage to help them understand, but at the same time telling them you have to follow the law. All right, so the scribal law, or, or what they called the Mishnah, was, when translated into English, 800 pages long. 800 pages long. The Talmud, or the book of the law, Contains 72 volumes there was quite a bit of law and so a lot of times when you hear about the law this is the law that that we think but that's not the law that Jesus was uh, referencing he said the law can be summed up do you remember what he said in two things to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your neighbor as yourself that sums up the law um, he says that the command the, the laws command us to repent and show reverence for God and others that's what Jesus is, is saying Christ said that he didn't come to destroy the law but to fulfill it and this is that Greek word we were talking about parasol parasol literally means to make their meanings come true so it didn't come to abolish the law but to make the meaning of the law come true to help us understand the intent of the law. You follow me so far? I feel like today is like teaching. I should have a board up here and stuff and writing things down. Um, that's why you should get in the app and get the notes, because it's there. All right, so we can see that the law has, is not to be changed in any way, not one iota, right? And what was written in the Old Testament. But how it's written, it's about the principles. So the law remains, In the end, Jesus says the law is going to stay in place. Jesus fulfills the law. More accurately interpreted, he makes their teachings come true. Because Jesus really fulfilled every part of the law. Think about the teachings on Old Testament baptism. He fulfilled that. On repentance, he fulfilled that. On mastering scripture, he fulfilled that. He fulfills the ethical precepts of the law, like the sacrificial system he fulfilled that you understand what i'm saying like he made those things come true he brought them through so he he didn't come to abolish it but to make it come true so let's move on and and as we go through i've got two more points there's three total very hermeneutically correct today see that's the dad joke you guys didn't pick it up number all right so that was that's first but stay with me we understand now that the law for jesus was um it's it's the principle of the law that was written not the rabbinical law the 800 pages of law that they had written around right all right it's an upside down kingdom that's next therefore anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven you know from a countercultural leader like jesus you might expect that he's going to come in and he's going to say okay guys this is what the law was no more i'm going to make a new law a new set of rules he was very countercultural like we can we can agree on that how is it that he could stay countercultural but come in and say we're going to still follow the law he didn't, he didn't say those things no longer apply. I mean, that's what we might f- expect from a countercultural leader. So the question concerning Jesus was, where does this revolutionary leader stand in terms of God's law? And he knew people were asking that. He knew that people were asking, where does he stand in regards to God's law? They, they were confused by him. Because the law said one thing, and he was saying something similar but different so I I wrote a little paragraph here kind of my interpretation this is what Jesus said don't think that the reason I have come to the world is to do away with the law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets I've not come to do away with them at all on the contrary the reason I am here is to make them come true in fact if you set aside even the least of these commandments and decide not to obey them you will be the least in the kingdom of God also could be translated in God's rule and we got oh man coming up in um, September I've got a whole message I'm going to be preaching about the kingdom of God all of a sudden I sound very (laughs) godly right the the (laughs) kingdom the kingdom of God (laughs) like hello Sorry, I really do have some ADD stuff going on this morning. So, the kingdom of God. Um, The kingdom of God also could be translated in God's rule. And we're going to be talking about this later, the kingdom of God and what that means. What's going on up there to let that happen down here? You've heard me say that. God, let your kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. Like, Jesus taught us to pray that way. God, when he comes to earth, is going to set up his kingdom establish it and have a a rule he's going to reign and so if we don't keep his law then we will be least if we don't keep the least of the laws then we're going to be least under his reign remember that in we all have a sphere of influence and in god's sphere everything that he says is what goes and we want to live in his sphere right That's 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 what we're trying to do. We're trying to step into the sphere of God to to live with Him there. All right, so the reward of obeying, Jesus would finish, if you will obey these laws that God has given us and teach others to obey them, you will be important. You will have high status in the kingdom of heaven. So if you want to be high, and this is where they, they messed up, though, because they... They they're thinking, okay, all eight hundred laws and seventy two volumes, I'm gonna follow all of that. I'm gonna, like tie scriptures to my heads and I'm gonna have it on my chest and I'm gonna wear the thing and have the tassels and like they're trying because they want to be elevated in the kingdom. But Jesus comes and he says, You guys are missing the point. It's not about all of these other things, it's it's about the principle. Love God, love others. How how do these things influence those principles? You know there's a great delight in doing right. Would you say like it just feels good to do right, to do good. I see that in my kids. When when my kids do bad, they hide, you know. <laughs> they go to their room, they hide, they cover themselves up. They leave, they go ride their bike. They like they they don't want to be around. But when they do good, when they come out to say, "Hey, guess what I did? I cleaned my room. I made my bed, dad." I did the dishes for you. Like, they do good and they, they want to tell about it. We're the same way. Like, we do good and we want people to know and it feels so good to do right. This is where raising the bar comes in. Verse 20. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And this is where it gets sticky. And this is where the counterculture comes in because this is what confused all of them. Like crazy. They didn't understand it. What do you mean more righteous? Like they've already set the bar. They've already jumped eight and a half feet. How can I jump nine feet? I can't do it. There's no way to do it. We have all of this law that's going on. The Pharisees had identified in the Old Testament scriptures 613 rules that they became very legalistic about. And they wrote the 800 pages in 72 volumes to help Clarify doesn't sound very clear, does it? And they aspired to keep all of it flawlessly. They would go to unbelievable lengths to capture a convert or to make sure that they followed every single law. If there was anybody that people considered righteous, it would have been them. And here comes Jesus saying something completely different unless your righteousness surpasses their righteousness you can't get in the kingdom how in the world can we compete with that kind of righteousness and you guys have probably seen people in your life you're like i don't even know how i can comp- i just can't be that good but the thing is it's not about how good you are it's not about how rightly you have followed every little thing jesus spends a little time explaining how we can be more righteous and this is what he says and we'll get into this as we go on too in verse 21 he talks about murdering and he says you've heard it said thou shalt not kill I say anybody who says I hate my brother or sister is guilty of the same sin Also, that's how we're more righteous not only shall we not murder I mean and you might see people walking around and, and they'll say well at least I didn't kill the guy Right? Jeremiah told us that when he was here. At least I didn't kill him. I was, you know, said a lot of bad things. We played sign language together. At least I didn't kill him, though. Right? That's not what God says. That's not righteous enough. Just not murdering, that doesn't get you there. You can't hate either. In verse 27, he talks about adultery. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. I say, If you look at somebody with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. Well, at least I didn't cheat on my wife with them. You know, at least I didn't do that. Oh, I dreamed about it. I didn't do it. I stopped short of doing it. No. If you look at somebody lustfully. Another one, he says, don't make oaths. Don't make oaths? But let your yes be yes and your no be no. Say what you mean. Here's another one. He talks about an eye for an eye. Remember, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's what the the Old Testament law said. I say, turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you that's how we become more that's how we jump the nine feet instead of just the eight and a half that's how we exceed the righteousness of the pharisees of the law keepers and that's what jesus is trying to get us to understand and all of these things if we're following christ not only will we not do the things that the law prescribes that we not do but we will go beyond them we will be more righteous than if we just followed the law does that understand and and so that was for them countercultural. they didn't understand you mean i can't hate somebody because i really hate that guy i mean i didn't kill him but i hate him no you can't hate him if you have hate in your heart there's no room for you in the kingdom of heaven we're following jesus it makes everything we do more and so just by following him we follow the law i hope you understand that and and so in the christian world in the church world people feel like if i can just do good then jesus will accept me if i can just do the right things and and i tell them all the time god does not expect you to just do good and then he's going to accept you And we as Christians, as people who follow Jesus, who believe in these laws, we've got to do better to help people understand God's grace. And this is where grace comes in. Because he does not expect you to do all that's right. It breaks my heart. I had somebody tell me, oh, Cal, I'm going to start coming to church, but I'm an alcoholic. No joke, I'm an alcoholic. I've got to get sober. Then I'm going to come because I know, I said, man, God loves you anyway. He wants to help you with that no joke somebody else told me oh i'm gonna come to church i guess i i i, I want to come to church but i know that i have some problems in my heart i know that i have some problems in my heart that was their their words because of the way i feel about certain people i'm working on that as soon as i get that right i'm gonna come to church oh it's not what god wants he doesn't need you to get right and then come see that's and that's that's pharisaical thought we feel like if we do all the right things if we follow all the laws the right way if we do everything perfectly then he's going to love us then he's going to accept us then there's room for us in the kingdom but that's opposite he says come to me give your life to me believe that I can save you from these sins and I will set you free from the bondage of that. And as I fall, personal testimony, as I fall more and more in love with Jesus, then I find that all of these things I don't do, I don't hate people anymore. Seriously, I don't hate people. My temper is not quick like it once was. Because I'm falling so in love with Jesus that I want to be more like Him. And so just by default because i follow jesus and i love him so much and i i'm enamored by his grace that he has on me it causes me to be better than the law we're making sense with that and so that's what jesus is trying to get us to understand if we continue to answer the question this summer what are we doing what are we doing it's important to understand that our pursuit of relationship with Christ is what's going to lead to our freedom. And that freedom is what other people want. They just don't know. And, and that's what they're telling me. I don't know if they're telling you the same thing. They want to be set free from the hate that they have in their heart. They want to be set free from the bondage of uh, addiction. They want to be set free from those things. Jesus is saying, I can set you free. At teen camp this week, I was there Thursday night. I went up just the one night, but there was a girl who had been set free from depression gave a testimony and remember you guys remember she prayed right she prayed for a long time (laughs) it was a great prayer but she didn't see color when she came to camp because the depression was so great it's hard to explain what. I'm not going to try to give her testimony but her life was in in grayscale because of this depression but at camp Jesus set her free she came and on that Thursday night She was so excited that Jesus had set her free And she could see in color And she was, just wanted everybody to know And she prayed in front of all the three, four hundred I don't know how many kids were there Jesus will set you free from depression And she prayed a prayer of release of bondage over these kids Two kids were healed and got up out of wheelchairs Can you believe that? Two kids, and I don't know all of the. and you guys probably know more than me, those who went to camp. Um, one of them had done some ankles, something or other. And so I don't think they were, I don't know the exact thing. But two of them were prayed for by other teenagers, and they got up out of wheelchairs and walked. Because Jesus is in the business of setting people free. That's what he wants to do. And we are responsible to lead them to the place where they can understand Jesus and the relationship he wants to have with them and the freedom that he offers them. And teaching people about the law is wrong. At least not at first. We need to know the law. Don't don't misunderstand me. We need to know the law. And Jesus just said, we're not getting rid of the law. But if we're following him, then we're following the law. Jesus wants to set you free from the bondage. Of always trying but never being good enough. Always trying and never succeeding. There's a bondage there. Jesus sets you free from that. So we're going to close. What we're doing here is, is learning what Jesus is teaching us. You know, it's in this pursuit of a relationship with Christ that. We learn to follow and love the law because it shows us who Jesus is. Jesus didn't say, okay, the law doesn't count anymore. He he said quite the opposite. The law still counts. However, we can't do what the law says just because it says. That's not going to get you anywhere. If we do that, we're not going to measure up. We're always going to try, and we're never going to succeed. If we do that, Jesus says we will be least important in his kingdom. It is when we do more than the law requires that we gain status in his kingdom. But it's, it's just a, it's a crazy upside-down world, and it is radical and revolutionary because you can't look at thou shalt not kill and say, Ooh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do, do that good. I'm, I'm going to be the best not-killer. Like, that's not going to do anything for you. You've got to say, Jesus loves me and enables me, empowers me to love others so that there's no room for hate in my heart. So I don't want to kill that person. (laughs) It's just different. And when we get there, that's when we gain status. And that's why Jesus, everything he taught is is different. It's upside down. It's, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the least. He said, there's not a greater person born to humankind do you remember? than John the Baptist there's not a greater person born not one but John the Baptist was a camel hair wearing honey and locust eating lowest you know what I mean? like he was at the bottom he wasn't at the top but not a greater person born helps us understand we can't claw our way to the top to pull our way to the bottom. It doesn't make any sense. But if we're following Jesus, he's gonna guide us. So, that's it. I don't want to keep talking around it, but I want you to know that man, God loves you. Jesus loves you, and he wants to help you understand what it's like to live in this kingdom. And he wants to help you, he wants to help the law become alive to you so that you can see it the way he did. He came to make it all come true, not to get rid of it, but to help us see that if we if we love God and we love others, then that all the law falls into place. It's all about love, man. I feel like uh, I've described my dad and mom, who named me Calvary when they were far from God, as <laughs> <That's> cowboy hippies. <sighs> That's what they were. My dad used to wear this long duster. Remember the dusters? Like he, he loved it. Boots, Wranglers, cowboy hat—free <laughs> life. And every time I think about the kind of love that God gives us, I, I think about the love that people are always trying to get. Hippies and um, you know, even to today, people are looking for love. We have it. It's our job to show it. Let's pray. God, this morning we are so grateful for all you do for us. Thankful that you have set us free. Jesus, there are so many people who want to know what being set free looks like. Help us show them what being set free is. By your love. Help us to love you and love others to such a degree that lives are changed. That's what our church believes. To love like Jesus so lives are changed. That's it. And then nobody will come up to me and say, just as soon as I get my life straight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a relationship with Jesus. Just, no. How about we start a relationship with you and let you help us change our lives. Teach us, God. Be with us. In Jesus' name.